Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, back with another episode of Can You Brew It? I'm here in the studio with uh, my good buddy, Tasty McDowell. I am present and or accounted. And we have a little uh, guest with us here, uh, Nathan Smith. Hey there, how's it going? Yeah, how are you? And uh, of course, uh, Justin uh, sitting there pushing buttons and looking pretty. (laughs) Pretty worn out, but here. (laughs) Yeah. Rode hard, put away wet. I guess that's what they do in Hawaii. That's how they roll. <laughs> At least oh. the, guy, the crowd he hangs around with anyway. Those guys, uh, <laughs> he can't keep up with those whites. No, they're like, they party, oh, yeah. they party like 18-year-olds. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like crazy. I can't, uh, it's ridiculous is what it is. I ended, By day three, I end up saying, you know, you guys, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't, I don't know if they have a... <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's with them. They must rest up for it, whereas you don't. You don't do that. So up all night, yeah. rise in the morning. Is it Chris or Mike who drinks more? Nah, it's can't bold. can't say. It's not just the. It's not just that. I mean, I, it's not just the consumption. Uh, I mean, everybody's doing that. I guess it's just the the hours of consumption. I mean, you know, it's up late, real late. And then I'm telling you, we're awake for like eight minutes, and someone's grabbing the growler and going, "Hey, you ready for breakfast?" And pouring, a, you know, another beer that we that we brought home from the the night before. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you the hours. I met uh, Chris at uh, uh, one place uh, in Davis for, you know, and we got there like at three in the afternoon. And uh, before you know it, the place was closing. It was like two. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. You know, the janitor was like, "Hey, you guys need to leave." Yeah, <laughs> look around. All the lights are off. We're the only two people there. It's like, oh yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> That's what was, I mean. It was a substantial amount of beer to to, to go with it. I mean, we were there for uh, four days. Went to the Kona Brewers Festival, which was just really great. Uh, not complaining at all. It was a fantastic opportunity. Uh, a lot of great brewers out there. But um, if you were to log the hours of of not drinking and hanging out compared to the hours that were spent, you know, consuming and tasting beer and going out, the, it's not a good ratio. It's not a healthy ratio. My doctor would be very concerned <laughs> about that. Is there anything healthy ratio about uh, beer consumption anywhere <laughs> around the brewing network? I guess not. We don't want to talk about. I mean, if you have healthy <laughs> consumption habits, yeah, I don't know that you're really going to be hanging out around here. It's true. And I think also we wouldn't be very successful. <laughs> we have to, you know, requires a lot of different tastes. We wouldn't know much to, about beer. To get the knowledge beer. that we have around Right, here. right. There's so many beers that we need so to little, be knowledgeable about. Yeah. Press it's really just work, dear. It's not uh, It's yeah. not me drinking for fun. I'm doing this uh, for work. Yeah, some people like to throw around the word uh, alcoholism. Uh, I-, I prefer dedication. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Extremely dedicated. Yeah, my kids see me wandering in with an uh, armload of uh, bombers, and uh, they look at me, and I say, I- I'm supposed to taste all these for, for the show. <laughs> I got an article coming up. I got to taste all these. <laughs> Leave me alone, kids. Yeah. I'm going. Daddy's locking himself in the garage for the Daddy's next working. couple days. <laughs> Yeah, my wife will say, hey, why, why do you need to drink three at once? I want to compare them. Yeah. <laughs> why do you have to ask stupid questions? <laughs> right. And then, you know, that's not just <laughs> Who's the, the beer guy here? And once you open it, I mean, you don't want to throw them all away. So, yeah, yeah then you got to drink them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Justin, 
What do we got uh, in store for us today? Today we got a, a challenge, gr- a, a great show. It's a West Coast centric show, so right up your guys' alley, and that's why we've got Nathan Smith here. Tom Viamont sending uh, his request for Can You Brew It. Let's listen to what Tom wants you guys to do today. Hey, Jamil and Tasty, this is Tom Viamont from Raleigh, North Carolina. I've been trying to replicate a beer, and I can sure use your help. Green West, Green Flash West Coast IPA is uh, actually a double IPA by most standards, and I just love this stuff. The trouble is, here in North Carolina, due to the high cost of shipping, it costs up to $13 for a six-pack. And I sure would like to be able to replicate this kind of flavor in my own brew house. So I asked you, Tasty, Jamil, can you brew it? All right. Yeah, yeah. Green oh. Flash IPA. <laughs> Uh, West Coast IP. It's actually one of my favorite beers. We love I, this beer, I, yes. I, I buy a lot of that, and I, I really yeah. enjoy it. It's right. uh, one of my favorites. And Green Flash actually has quite a few uh, good beers coming out there. Right. Hop Hit or Ed, that was also excellent. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of stuff that I really enjoy from there. Yeah, they're all available around here, too, so we get to get to have them. We're probably paying more like $10 a six-pack. Right, right. And 13 a six-pack, you, know, you know, they're shipping, and, and the amount of hops in this thing, not yeah. cheap. So, uh, right. yeah, it makes sense, but... Uh, uh, still, you know, thirteen to six <laughs> makes you want to brew some of your own. Well, if you can brew it yourself, yeah, that's a great yeah, deal. I think. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, th- this was your challenge, right? Yeah, I uh, took this on. I uh, thought it would be right up sort of my genre in terms of hoppy beer kind of guy. Uh, we did talk to Chuck and got his interpretation of his beer, Chuck Silva from yes. uh, Green Flash, yeah, exactly. And uh, but I, I thought it'd be cool to call on the IPA guy, uh, Nate here. To uh, to brew the actually brew the beer. I developed mm-hmm. the recipe and uh, Nathan uh, brewed the beer. So mm-hmm. uh, and Tasty outsourced it to me yeah, to do the it's work. Definitely a this contract brew, right? <laughs> partner brewing, as we call it on this show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he uh, went and uh, brewed it up for us, and we got some here. So okay, well, we'll let's be getting uh, to that in a minute. Yeah, let's uh, here. You, you we recorded a uh, interview with uh, Chuck Silva from Green Flash, and uh, he gave us some tips, some interesting uh, insight into this beer certainly did and uh do the break and uh what we'll do is take a quick break and uh, when we come back we'll hear from chuck okay so my double ipa has an abv of 7.5 and a clarity of brilliant so that's a plus eight i pour it Sorry, looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus ten versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle, and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y Yeast 3522 and Crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Tongue Splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. Barrel Porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. White Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2, and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Have you ever noticed the pathetic look on the face of the Brewcaster poster boy? That's the look of a child that survives on ramen noodles and homebrew. Subprime Meltdown doesn't even begin to describe what this kid has been through. He lives this grim existence for his army, the Brewing Network Army. Times are tough for everybody. It's like getting stuck in time two days before payday. 
Cash is tighter than a post-it IOU stuck in a stripper's sweaty G-string. The unicorn's horn is limp and the rainbow has lost its color. But you can help change all that. If you were to take that sparkling change in your pocket and plop it on the table for the BN instead of that extra pint at happy hour, then the world could be a brighter place. When you buy a round for the BN, you buy a round for yourself and your fellow soldiers. And that's what it's all about. That and being entered into the reoccurring donor monthly raffle. So step up and start your own economic stimulus package. For just a few bucks a month, you can stimulate the unicorn, the rainbow, and a brewcaster. Hit that donate button just like you'd hit on that crazy bitch at the bar right after last call. You'll be really happy about it in the morning. You will. What's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Hi, we're here with uh, Chuck Silva, brewmaster of uh, Green Flash Brewing Company down in San Diego. We're actually at the Triple Rock in their brewery enjoying uh, a couple of great pints of your West Coast IPA. I tell you, Chuck, I'm a huge fan of your Green Flash uh, West Coast IPA. It, it is one of the beers. I buy six packs of that. I always have bottles of Green Flash IPA in my fridge. When I want a beer that will soothe that, that Jones in for hoppiness, it's a Green Flash. That's nice. The beer's nice. The beer's great. And uh, we got a lot of, lot of uh, listeners who've asked specifically for Green Flash IPA. Uh, West Co- Green Flash West Coast IPA is the name, right? Right, right. Okay. Uh, even on the East Coast, yeah. we've got a lot of people that have, have asked for it. And I think the, the very first listener that asked for it was on the East Coast. He said, we can get Green Flash IPA. <laughs> Greatest thing we've ever tried. You know, you got a, North Carolina. You got a Yeah, North Carolina especially. Where Where are your products uh, distributed for I, Green Flash? I think we're in about 16 states right now, actually. Wow. And, um, you know, I never realized that it would happen that way. But uh, on the West Coast, so throughout the state of California, we're mm-hmm. in Oregon. And uh, we're also in Colorado and Arizona. A little bit in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington may open up this year as we add some fermenters and add some more capacity. And then uh, back east, we're in North Carolina, we're in Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, the district, um, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, a little bit in Ohio, and a little bit in Illinois. Wow. So we're spreading it out. Uh, 16 uh, lucky states, if you ask me. You're trying to share the hops with yeah. everybody. Uh, <laughs> well, you've also got the Hophead uh, Red, which uh, another listener <laughs> asked for that one. I Turned me on to that one. I really enjoyed that one as well. We rolled that out to be a, a good partner to the oh. to the West Coast IPA. Uh-huh. And that's when you want something to be working a little maltier. Right, so it's got a maltier. It's more approachable for some folks that maybe don't want quite the intensity of the West Coast IPA. But oh, whips. The whips. extravagance is, uh, to me, is a delight. Yeah. You know, I'm really proud of the West Coast. So how did you come to be a brewer? How did you come to work at uh, uh, Green, uh, at, uh, Green Flash? Um, yeah, the uh, brewing scene for me started at, at home, like a lot of folks, oh. mm-hmm. on the stovetop. I was living in Virginia. At the time, and uh, brewing in, in in the kitchen, and um, I, I saw that there were you know, some nice trade schools for brewing sciences, and um, ended up with a job opportunity. Um, actually, my wife ended up with a job opportunity to relocate back to California, which is where I'm from, yeah. and so I was delighted. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I went to her and I said, "Well, what would you think if I?" Um, quit my day job and went to brewing school. And Are like, you crazy? Yeah. What the hell's the matter with you? No. Uh, actually, she was real supportive. And she says, well, if that's you what go. you want to do, then go for it. And so the rest is history. I've been brewing for 11 years commercially, all in San Diego County. Mm-hmm. And I started uh, about four and a half years ago at Green Flash Brewing Company. It came up in the brew pubs. Uh-huh. I did a stint at uh, Carl Strauss at yeah. their uh, sure. production facility. So it was Hang 10. Brewing uh-huh. Company, uh-huh. then Hops Bistro and Brewery in UTC, uh-huh. and then over to Carl Strauss for a little over a year, uh-huh. and then on to Green Flash, and it's been four and a half years of uh, some exciting brews. And very good brews, I'll add. That's a very Thank tasty you. beer. Very good. Oh, and what's the lineup at, at Green Flash? Uh, we talked about the West Coast IPA and the Hophead Red. and Sure. And, and what else do you have that, that uh, might be distributed and available? Um, I'll start just 
to say when I when I got there, we had session ales, and the company's focus was session ales to begin with. Oh. So we had extra pale ale and uh, nut brown ale and uh, ruby red ale. Which uh, when I came aboard, we, we changed the recipes a bit. Mm-hmm. I made ruby red and alt beer. Extra pale ale became like stylistically speaking, uh, English summer ale, mm-hmm. and then nut brown ale. I kind of gave it a, a Belgian influence malt wise without doing a Belgian yeast, so mm-hmm. it was still mm-hmm. you know very like English. Um, style, mm-hmm. and then um, w- once we rolled out the West Coast IPA, though those things kind of <laughs> went by the, the wayside. Uh, you must sell a ton of the West Coast IPA. Is that your? It's biggest now seller? the flagship beer. It's the, yeah. the top selling beer. It's fantastic. Um, so we so rolled that out part. after six months in the brewery. We rolled that out. The owner, Mike Hinkley, CEO of the company, he wanted to do the IPA, and, mm-hmm. and he let me know. And and so after six months in the brewery, we. We let that out, and uh, it changed the face of the company. Oh, yeah. Um, so now we're, we're more... That's what you're and, known and, and for. And people, that's, the name, yeah. that's the names out there. Yeah. So people know us for hops. People know us for mm-hmm. extravagance in hops and, and you know, flavorful ales. Mm-hmm. So now we have uh, retired, basically, those other beers, although, you know, they're, they're there. If we want to bring them back, we can. But mm-hmm. uh, West Coast IPA, and then we brought in Hophead Red to be a good partner. Those are beers in the six-packs, mm-hmm. so you can reach for those in six-packs. Uh, we might we might actually release those in 22s during this year. Um, so now look for that. But I'm a 22 man. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, I could open up like two of them little bottles. Right. I got I got like some big glasses. I need a bomber to really, really, really fill the, the you know. And then then I've only got to open one cap. Yeah. You get an imperial pint, a bomber. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the other the other bombers that we rolled out since then were uh, started as an anniversary beers. The Barley wine was the second anniversary. Mm-hmm. The Belgian triple that we do is, is fairly traditional, but it's got a little, you know, kind of new world slant to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's kind of done our way. Mm-hmm. A little dry hopping in there, and uh, but real traditional ingredients. And um, that was the third anniversary. This is now a regular beer. And then um, we've, we've rolled out some other beers since. Um, the double, I, uh, excuse me, the double stout. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say Imperial IPA? I didn't say Imperial IPA. That yeah. was that would have been our uh, fourth anniversary, but we didn't call it that. We just rolled it out. Mm-hmm. So here, here's uh, Imperial IPA. And uh, after that, then we uh, were playing around with some beers, and we created La Freak. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't call it that originally, um, but it was a, a convergence of styles between the Belgian Triple and the Imperial IPA. Mm-hmm. And... We were That's real bold. Move. We were real pleased with the result, and you know, we felt like it was not a copy of something else. You know, it was inspired by. Um, it was kind of re-inspired. So Belgian brewers were inspired by the hops that we were using. You know, mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest hops, and we're we were again inspired, saying, "Well, if they can." something like that we can kind of do it our way you embrace their yeast and yeah. Put that in your yeah we embrace their yeast right. and and uh, so we actually use two yeasts so it's not too fruity mm-hmm. and so we use a trappist yeast and a, and a california ale strain mm-hmm. yeah i've had the beer on tap at uh, at our local ale house they've got it and uh, it's excellent always have it in the sinks yeah i think that's kind of right now i'm just real excited about the freak and it's kind of been a crowning achievement and we're We've released it last June. We're getting it out in uh, bottle condition bottles, and uh, so I'm just really excited about that. Is that going to go out to all 16 states? Uh, I don't know if it's in all 16, but it's it's definitely in broad distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's tough to, to keep up with the demand. Yeah, each imagine. state has different. They don't necessarily take every one of your products, oh. but mm-hmm. they um, it's it's definitely mm-hmm. you know up and down the East Coast and and up and down. West Coast. Well, they'd be fools not to take advantage <laughs> <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> Try them all. Everyone's good. Yeah. So the West Coast IPA is my pride and joy, but well, it should be. I'm it's just, excellent. I'm just really, you know, really fond of the Lafrique right now. Uh-huh. And get that in, in a nice, you know, doable shaped glass or even a, a goblet or something, right. and and uh, savor that real zesty character. Uh-huh. Great. That that sounds exciting. So uh, speaking of West Coast IPA, so we. Got no less than what a dozen requests to, yeah. to to do a, a clone of this beer. Right. So, what can you tell us about West Coast IPA? Let's start us out with the basic stuff that's probably uh, freely available on the website. What's what's the uh, what's the ABV on that? 
ABV is 7.3%, actually, mm -hmm. after extensive uh, testing. We discovered it was seven. It, was seven. it wasn't seven, 7.3. So we, we've... Uh, Truth and brew. Yeah, we've pinned that down pretty well. The IBUs uh, on paper are 95. It's tested at some different ranges. Um, it usually tests a little bit lower, you know, maybe 10% lower. Um, so it, on paper, it's 95 but uh, extravagantly hopped is what I like to say. It says that on the label, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, we brew it, and I'm just going to give you some information right up front. I'm going to let you have it. It's out there. Uh, we brew it with Simcoe mm -hmm. and Columbus or CTZ and uh, finish it with Cascade. And then um, we do dry hop up here, of course, and that's got four dry hops. We reinforce... Um, I like to reinforce some of the flavors that we put in the kettle. Yeah, it brings them up. So I, I put the Simcoe back in, mm -hmm. I put Cascade in, and then I want to mix up the, the, the flavor profile of the hops with Amarillo and Centennial for a little extra punch. And um, so then I, I figure, you know, those four gives me my hop extravagance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are added to our fermenter. That's, a, you know, that's the way we do it. We, um, in the... For the for the dry hopping post, you know, fermentation. The fermentation is complete when you dry hop it, or is it? All, it is, is complete. complete right? Yeah. And on the uh, on on your hops during the uh, the boil, uh, how long a boil do you start with? Uh, we do a, a ninety minute. Boil. Ninety minute boil. Okay. Yeah. And you don't have a ninety. Do you have a ninety minute hop, or you just wait and then? Yeah, I do. You do. Yeah, yeah. So, so we start. We start, we start right up. Simcoe, time boil. Boom. Mark it. We jump it in. All right, and then the yeah. Columbus is like what twenty minutes, or you add that even in? in we the, do uh, ninety, sixty, a sixty on the Columbus, um, thirty, fifteen, and Whirlpool. So I'm giving you all the secrets now. So the Cascade is twice, thirty and fifteen, or is that Columbus uh, twice? No, it's Columbus twice. Okay. It's because we're so attractive and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, friendly. and that gun you got there is helping Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did threaten to kill Chuck before yeah, uh, yeah. before the interview started. I agree. Right. Full disclosure. It's here. it's a sleight of hand. I'm just going to make you think you have all the information. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, with it, we're probably going to have trouble exactly cloning your beard, but we're going to have a better chance with more information. For sure. All right. All right. Well, we're going to have to ask some malt here. So, uh, what's your what's your uh, base malt in this beer? Uh, it's American two row, pale, two row, you know, yeah, two row, sure. uh, Idaho and Canada. I'm sure. Okay, I'm actually using the Cargill. Cargill, yeah. Okay. Um, but one of the things that's key to our grist is uh, we use Karastan 3037, and it's uh, mm -hmm. British, and uh, instead of American. I like to say it's an all American beer. I, I feel like it's all American beer. Spirit certainly there. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, you know those those British uh, crystal malts are really very tasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have to go there. Well, see, and then we were talking about around a forty love. Yeah. Type of crystal. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then uh, I do use some carapils, and the reason why I use carapils, I, I won't feel it's necessary if you're using um, different yeast, but because we use the White Labs Cal yeast, um, the 001. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's it's very neutral, but very dry, and it accentuates the hops quite a bit. So I add the uh, breeze carapils to help with body and just overall texture of the beer. Is that because you know the beer is going to finish out real nice and low, or with that yeast? It or? does. It dries out nicely. Okay. Um, so we're adding some extra dextrins with the, gotcha. the carapils. What's, what's your mash down? Yeah. Um, there you go. Now I'll give it to you. It's a 152 is a mash temp, so we're not trying to dry it out completely. We, no. we want a little something. We want a little backbone right. mm -hmm. because of, because of the hot bill. We you know we need to support that a little we need bit. Back something to box but it's, off. But it's not it. overly sweet. The thing I really love yeah. about this beer is that <clears throat> it's a great balance between a, a, a slight malt sweetness, a slight a slight caramel type of note to it. And uh, you know uh, enough of a dry finish to be very refreshing. You can drink pine after pine of that stuff until you you drop dead. Right. And you know it, it's a very the, uh, the over the over seven percent ABV obviously is, is going to catch up with it yeah. quickly. But I, I definitely but design power, I designed the beers to be cleansing. So I, yeah. you know I want it to finish. You know clean and cleansing. And I'm and, nearly done with my second pint. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. <laughs> 
That's what we go by. If we could drink two pints, it's a good beer. Sure. One pint. I could have used the lunch. Done dry out. Nah, once I start on the green flash, forget it. Sandwich in every glass. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. So check the uh, the Karistan and the Kirkwells. Uh, no more than about 5% of each of those, or is it total 5% of those? Um, How does that work out? What's the percentage? Oh, wow. um, I haven't thought about it in percentage for so long. Um, well, if you give us pounds and, and yeah, we your, it, it's It's probably about 8%. 8 total? Of, of, of each. Of each. 8% each. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's your fermentation temperature? Um, I ferment. I don't know. It may be high temp for for some folks, but um, I, I think it's a nice neutral temp for that yeast at seventy two degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. So Chuck, we really appreciate you joining us here at uh, Triple Rock and and discussing uh, the secrets of your spectacular West Coast IPA. Spectacular is an understatement. I think it's really good. It's, it's absolutely one of the spot favorites. on. Thanks for the compliments. Now, uh, what about the water? Do you, I don't know what kind of water you've got down there, but uh, do you do any water treatments at all, or do you? You know, we do. The uh, San Diego water, uh, I believe, is you know hard water. Right. It's not soft water, right? Um, but it's not, you know, it's not awful. But that being said, um, I think a, a good mineral content does accentuate the hop character. We do um, calcify it, uh-huh. and so we add gypsum. Gypsum, we do bring it up. What kind of uh, gypsum amounts are you using? You, you could look at bird and water, but we're not. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not to those levels. Right. How know. many grams and uh, what's your what's you know, your PPM on that on the calcium? <laughs> or? Yeah, I don't have that. All right, that's all right. Uh, how, many, how, how many? That's like, that's what brew logs are for. How many grams of uh, <laughs> gypsum? Or is it just a big scoop? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. It's measured, um, you know, but it's it's at the brewery, so. Right. Well, in general, it, it, it's, it's something better than it's, none. It's less than Burton water, right. you know, for hardness. Right. Yeah, I find that uh, a lot of times people trying to replicate beers of, uh, especially Britain, they're, you know, oh, water for Burton on trend. They're adding just tons of stuff in there, and they over they completely overdo it, and the beer becomes harsh and minerally and just unacceptable and they wonder why the beer didn't turn out right and it's because the people in Burton on Trent don't use Burton on Trent water they they, <laughs> they filter that stuff out and you know they they, it they, they cut it as well because it's excessive I, you, have you had a lot of experience with the uh, water uh, modifications I don't in, get in too Britain? complicated with the water treatment mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty you know steady with um, the gypsum additions that we do with the double stout that we released, um, we took more care with the water treatment, and uh, we used calcium carbonate. But that was, uh, it, it, which was actually a real key in, in making that beer as drinkable as it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, it's important. But uh, when you're making, you know, straight up hoppy ales, you know, some some good hardness is, you know, is fine. Mm-hmm. Makes the hops pop. It does. Well, and and along those lines. You know, one of the greatest things about this beer is such a bold hop character. Right? What sort of tips do you have to listeners for brewing really hoppy beer? Something you know, real hop forward as far as, far as you know, this, this isn't just a bitter beer. This is one of the most flavorful and aromatic of the hoppy beers out there. And that's, that's what I really love about it. Because I, I can find any number of bitter beers. Sure. You know, one with so much uh, hot flavor and aroma. That's what I love. What are the secrets to, to brewing a beer like that? Uh, it's some good points that you brought up. And we could make the beer um, less bitter. And it would still, it would be fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the bitterness does help it carry through uh, and, and helps it, you know, of course, with shipments to back east yeah, and whatnot, and and that comes back. That goes all the way back to the you know the history of IPA in the first place. Right. So when we set out to make this sort of a, a benchmark IPA, if you will, you know, and in, in the new brewing scene and uh, with regards to West Coast IPAs and um, all the hop varieties that are available now, we 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 included some good bitterness, but we used a, a low cohumulone hop. Um, in this case, we use Simcoe. There's some other nice ones out there. I mean, there's Horizon. But Simcoe's got a lot of character that I liked. 
So yeah, carry through in the flavor. The yeah, Simcoe does. but I didn't want it to be just a Simcoe flavor beer, right. so that's why the other hops are included. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the, the extravagance comes from layering hops throughout the brewing process. Um, so you, you, I could put you know one big dose of bittering hop in the in the beginning and one big dose of finishing hop in the end and achieve something but i yeah. think you get a lot more out of layering throughout the the boil right. and then you reinforce the flavors by using again the same hops in the dry hop right. and if you want to add some complexity then you you mix it up a little bit you add right. some different hops to create some maybe some you know fruity flavors we have some tropical juicy fruity hoppy characteristics that, that at times come through sometimes it's it's just um in a moment in time it's just grapefruit zestiness but at other times you can get maybe hints of mango even maybe a hit mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. pineapple or you yeah. know some other just like real subtle tropical notes right. that are contributed not just from the yeast but also you know a lot from the hops and the ferment as well because you're, you're well, yeah. you get esters from that as well and i think right. uh, they, you know they play of, together together right yeah. one of the things that a lot of people miss when they when they talk about a hoppy beer they think oh you know hoppy beer is you know that's the flavor it's hoppy well there are a lot of flavors intertwined in hoppiness right. it's it's everything from grapefruit to orange to uh orange zest, you know, yeah to to garlic Piney, to onion yeah you know there's so many different flavors in there that just because a beer is hoppy doesn't mean you shouldn't be analyzing those 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 flavors and compounds and that there isn't uh uh, uh, an art and a science to uh, you know creating a hoppy beer that that gives you the complexity that goes together with the fermentation, the malt, the you know the finish to the beer. Sure, and you guys really get it. Obviously, there's a lot of people that do, but some people will taste the West Coast IPA and they'll they'll get that it's balanced, and they they may overlook some of those flavors and you know combinations of flavors and compounds that you're talking about mm-hmm. that are really aromatic and really flavorful and. You know, they'll miss the fact that, hey, it's a 95 IBU beer on paper, and then it's a 7% beer, and then it's all coming together with mm-hmm. all these aromatic hops. And they'll think, wow, this is just, this is just a nice sipping <laughs> sip IPA. You know, like it's my regular everyday IPA. But once you get used to you know, some hot flavors you know, coming across the West Coast IPA, it does bring a lot together for the, the IPA drinker. Right. And, and that's usually that two-hop edition beer. It's got the bittering and then the late edition. Well, I, I think they miss, they're missing that middle middle part. I think so. this is why you're so successful with this beer is it's got such a great balance. Anybody that's into craft beer in general and will accept a, a hoppy beer of any type is going to love this beer. But the beer geeks are going to love this beer because of the complexity of the hop layering, the you know the... How well brewed it is, all these things I think really stand out. So, what else you got? I'm sitting here on this keg. I'm <laughs> yeah, sitting on uh, some five gallon Sankey kegs. They're pretty narrow. <laughs> well, um, you know, Chuck, I think you've pretty much answered our question about what's in this beer. Right. Gave you a lot of scoop, so now uh, the challenge is on. Yeah, I, did, so, I didn't hold out too much. We're so. going to see if we can do it. Yeah. Sure. If we can brew it. And uh, we'd love to send you send you a bottle or invite you back up and yeah, and see if uh, see if you can see if we did did it justice. We'll, sure. we'll be uh, you know comparing it. it with uh, your product as well uh, on the air. We're going to try them side by side and see if we lived up to the challenge. All right. Thank know. you, Chuck, for for joining us. We love your beers. Uh, we we wish you the best of luck and uh, look forward to everything else that uh, is going to come out of Green Flash. Okay. Yeah, thank you for having me and uh, look forward to, to this beer, too, that we did today. Oh. Uh, Roger and I brewed yeah. this uh, uh, rye, red rye, maybe red rye IPA. depends on your interpretation of it. Um, but I'm by here all the time. I'm look, sure I'll Look try. forward to that one coming out in a couple weeks. A couple of weeks. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, 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 Jeff. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. 
I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y East 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. Beer Radio, the Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> Network. And now, suck it, tasty. All right, that that uh, Chuck Silva, he's a, a real nice guy. Huh? Real nice, yeah, very good guy. And many fun hanging th- with him. Many thanks to Triple Rock for letting us uh, use their brewery as a, <laughs> yeah. an impromptu uh, recording. Studio. I need to get some chairs in there. I still got uh, dents in my ass from those, <laughs> sit on those cakes. cakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least I used a the a fifteen gallon keg. Or, oh. No, no, I used a little stool. <laughs> I think I had a yeah. Use a keg post up my you know what dude. hemorrhoid inducing uh, right. sand key. And uh, so, uh, Nate, you took on the challenge of, of brewing this, right? I did, yes. Um, Mike was kind enough to give me a copy of the interview and went through what Chuck had had to say and wrote up his version of what Chuck had had told everybody about the uh, malt percentages and the hop bill and whatnot. And so I sat down and weighed everything out and mm-hmm. brewed the beer mm-hmm. as the challenge. Thank you, Mike, for bringing me in on this one. And, Jamil, thank you for the invite well, on yeah, this. You had to go to a professional, so that would be you. Well, you're our best <laughs> amateur professional. About that? <laughs> so so uh, we did our tasting during, during the interview, and uh, the decision... Uh, around the room. Let's see here. Let's start with Justin. Justin, uh, your take on on the uh, green flash clone? Cloned or not cloned? Totally cloned. Yeah. And I had no faith Damn. in you guys cloning this beer. I thought... Uh, Within does herself. I, uh, I yeah. doubted you a lot. <laughs> I thought there's no way, but... Um, it was really fresh, really green tasting uh, in terms of that nice, danky hop, uh, you know, flavor that... Um, Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, for sure. I will say that uh, there was a little more uh, bitterness in the green flash. I would agree with that. 
but not enough to not call it clone. So maybe you guys can talk about an adjustment that would get, get more bitterness. But because sure. because everything else, uh, really, that was the only distinction was that. I mean, I thought the hot profile was the same, that the green, all of that, yes, but just a little more bitter on the on the on the on the green flesh. So I think you're right. Um, okay. But I call it cloned. And Nate, cloned or not cloned? I think it was pretty close. As Justin was saying, there's a little bit of bitterness missing. Mm-hmm. Um, as Chuck talks about in his interview, he uses the crystal, the British crystal, the the Karistan thirty thirty seven. A little bit of a crystal malt character missing from the homebrewed version, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty darn close. I was happy with okay. how it came out. Yeah. And tasty. Yeah, I think we cloned it. I really, uh, I think this one's is, is uh, you know, within some tolerance. I mean, it's hard to have the exact exact same beer, but uh, this is really good. I like the. Uh, I like the green flash beer, and I like what what this recipe seems to come up with. It seems to be, you know, has has enough of the uh, the front end hops and enough in the back end, and plenty in the middle. I think uh, some ways our beer may have just a little bit more in the flavor side, but uh, that's something that uh, it's just a real small small deviation, and not enough to make a big difference. So well, cl- maybe even for that, you too. Maybe even that's a. a- a good thing. Well, I would like to ask you guys. I, I think maybe that's a freshness thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Our beers, with a beer yeah, like this, because this is straight point. out. I mean, this Agreed. this went from Nathan's house to ours. Yeah, fourteen days ago, this this beer that we is under fire. We were boiling it then. So, so I well, wonder if that full flavor thing you're saying would have been that, made up for if we were sitting in the brewery. Now that was that was my take as well. I've had uh, the Green Flash West Coast IPA at a number of uh, uh, accounts uh, on draft. Uh, you know, at the GABF, uh, you know, numerous places as well. And uh, th- your example reminds me of that, the, the the intense hop aroma, the freshness, the crispness. And uh, even at Triple Rock, this is very similar to the one at Triple Rock. The bottle version that we got, the bottles, uh, I think, uh, you know, the hop uh, character was a little more muted. It was more bitter. But I think uh, I think you totally cloned this one. So that's Thank cloned you, all around the room. Uh, that's uh, that's a success right there. So tell us uh, about your brew day. Tell us about uh, the process. Tell us about the recipe. It's yeah, the, well, you want me to read the recipe first? Go and, for it, uh, Mike. Sure. He can give you the brew day thing. Cool. Well, this is your standard uh, six-gallon recipe I got here. Uh, starting gravity, uh, 1069, 16.8 Play-Doh. Uh, shooting for a f- uh, 79% attenuation, getting us down to... Uh, 1014 or 1013 or something like that, uh, 3.6 Play-Doh. It's got an SRM of uh, 8.8. It's a nice orange color. Uh, comes in at about uh, 7.3, 7.4%. I think my formula here formulates to 7.4. I think Chuck said his beer was 7.3. I believe Nate got 7.3 as well. Uh, we do a 90-minute boil. Um uh, do a pre-boil volume of 7.7 gallons or 29.1 liters. Uh, pre-boil gravity of 1054, 13.2 Play-Doh. We dough in with uh, 14 pounds of uh, two-row and uh, 1.31 pounds of Crystal 40. Now, we didn't ignore what Chuck said about the Karastan 3037. It just we figured it's not that readily available, so... Uh, you, you can get it at uh, Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer. Northernbrewer.com. Oh. You All can right. pick up uh, right. this, uh, I believe it's Simpsons uh, makes it, right. and you pick it up there at our, our fine sponsor. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I think when we did the side-by-side, uh, we didn't detect any deviation in that area. But I, I, if I had it available, I certainly would have uh, mm-hmm. had... Uh, Nate consider using it. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, recently I was brewing a batch and I was using the 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 Kara from uh, Simpsons uh, that I got from Northern Brewer, and uh, I was just so impressed with the, you know I, you know, I as I as habit I, I eat a few grains of, of everything I mm-hmm. use right, and it was just such a wonderful uh, you know. Kind of malty, but uh, you know, just intense caramel character to it, without being uh, raisin-like. It was just just wonderful. I was yeah. so stunned by uh, you know the the flavor quality of that. I was really happy that I I'd, I'd uh, sourced that. Uh, and I've seen people uh, like do like a blend of crystal malts to sort mm-hmm. of like do something like like this. I've seen something like sixty uh, percent or like uh, what. Forty-five percent crystal sixty mm-hmm, and forty-five mm-hmm. percent crystal forty. I tell you, this was and a little bit of crystal one twenty. This was just it was it was 
just, just different than any of those. Yeah, it was an intense and and just just wonderful. I, I really liked. It. I was well. I definitely want to try that. I was moment. very very surprised. Right. I should have brought some in with me. Yeah, we could taste it right now. So yeah, one point three one pounds of that, or five hundred ninety four grams. Um, same amount of uh, carapils, one point three one pounds, five hundred ninety four grams. At uh, those both come to uh, about seven point nine percent of the uh, grist. So fair amount of. Uh, you know, dextrins to, to bump up against here for this really hoppy beer. Uh, so the hops uh, start out with uh, half ounce or 14.17 grams of Simcoe for 90 minutes. Wait about 30 minutes, and then we put in the 60-minute hops of uh, quarter ounce each uh, or 7.09 grams of Columbus and Simcoe. And do you think you might bump up that first Simcoe edition yes. maybe by uh Yeah, I would bring it up to a full ounce. I would I would even consider adding a little bit of Columbus or, or another uh rough bittering, slightly rough bittering piney hop like Columbus or Chinook to bring the right. hop bitterness through in the finish. Right. So like I say, a quarter ounce uh at sixty minutes of each of the of these primary hops with Columbus and Simcoe. Now I I take Chuck kind of literally here when he says, you know, 30, 15, like layering. He's mm-hmm. definitely emphasizing layering. So I just start layering these hops in. I say, okay, at 30 minutes, we're going to do another quarter ounce each of Columbus and Simcoe. Again, 7.09 grams. Uh, 15 minutes, let's get get some flavor in this beer. Let's do three quarters of an ounce, or 21.26 grams of Columbus and Simcoe each. And uh, he says he likes to finish it with Cascade. I'm, I'm brave enough. Put in an ounce of Cascade, or 28.35 grams, at uh, 10 minutes. And then at uh, one minute, or which I'm really saying is flame out, half ounce each of Columbus and Simcoe, half ounce being 14.17 grams. And that's basically the hop, you know, the the, the kettle hops. Um, he dry hopped with, uh, and I here's what I, for dry hop I used a half ounce each, or 14.17 grams of Amarillo, Centennial, Columbus, and Simcoe. Chuck had Cascade as well. Uh, I'm not a big fan of dry hopping with Cascade, so I didn't include that. But wait, wait, wait. this is not your your <laughs> your preference. This is trying to clone the damn beer. Well, this is my. Uh, Don't throw your preference in there. License? Well, you ain't got no license. No license. <laughs> I put I put That's a little bit. License. I put a little permit. bit anyway. I Did put you? a little bit anyway. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. See yeah. now. That, I, I listened right. to the interview to make sure I had Chuck's dry hopping bill correct because this that's Sweet. the heart and soul of this beer. So again, a good, a good thing Nate was brewing. Well, on let me this taste thing. this beer again. <laughs> oh no! Like, just well, a little bit. Just a little bit. It smells a little grassy now that you mention it. <laughs> okay. Okay. You guys can just go the other way on me. I don't care. Anyway. Uh, so that's so, the dry up. A so total of two ounces. So, gentle listener, you will need to go back in the in the uh, yes, archive and right. listen to uh, sure Chuck, listen to what Chuck's Chuck says because I have no idea what I'm and doing. And adjust the recipe accordingly to erase Tasty's license. In Tasty's defense, I think the majority of what you're getting in this is is the Columbus and the, and the Simcoe. Simcoe. You're Absolutely. reinforcing what's happening in the boil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that yeah, Columbus I, Simcoe. That's right. that's really what I get out of this beer. Yeah, the others, which, I think. Are nice to have, but maybe not critical. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it's any amarillo They're for or fun. not, but it's in there. Uh, so, and then we need to uh, mash this puppy. Um, Chuck says it's 152F for 67C. Uh, he said for 35 minutes. We'll ask Nate what he did. He might have uh, sort of varies by your system and how fat you fast you get to uh, uh, conversion. So all you need to do is test for it, or when it's clear, it's done. Uh, mash out at 168F or 76C and sparge at 170F or 77C. Use the White Labs uh, WLP001 or the Y-Use 1056. Uh, Chuck says uh, 72F. We'll certainly we'll see what Nathan did with that. That's a little scary for me, but we'll uh, see what he did. Said the water, he just uh, ups the gypsum a little bit. Doesn't get too crazy on anything else on this beer. He's certainly a believer in that... Uh, the hard water makes really magnifies the hops, and of course, so are we. That's basically the recipe. Um, he said um, likes to lay. You know, basically, it's a real simple malt bill. Lots of hop layering. Uh, you know, lots of uh, late additions. Um, really came out to be a very tasty beer. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and Nate, how how so, the brew day go? What, anything special? Any notes that we should... I followed uh, everything that Tasty gave me, with the exception of that little uh, cascade bump there. I thought Chuck's uh-huh. note on that made uh-huh. sense. But uh, later on that. Otherwise, uh, hit this recipe and followed it as closely as possible. As Tasty had mentioned the 152-degree uh, uh, mash temp. Did that. Right. Uh, uh-huh. The hot, hot, the warmer side fermentation temp. I actually cooled down to 68 and let it ramp itself up during the heat of sure. fermentation up into that 70 to 72 range, which is... Higher than I would normally use this yeast, but uh, well, I prefer that too because you know if you if you start off cooler, you restrain those hot alcohols, absolutely. those esters, yeah. and then you you let it you know ramp up and you finish high, so you clean up any diacetyl, uh, acetaldehyde, things like that. Uh, really makes a makes a nice good attenuation, things like that. Pitch a little bit low, even when you know the fermentation temp is going to be mm-hmm. slightly mm-hmm. higher. I think that completely worked for this one. And uh, only the only mishap, the only weird thing that happened during the brew day is I'd. I went to pitch the yeast, and after I pitched the yeast, put the put the airlock on, and I picked a stopper that was a little bit too small, and the stopper fell in the carboy, and I tried to fish it out with the, with the uh, blow-off tube intact, and sure enough, the the stopper fell off the blow-off tube, so I'm sitting there. Uh, Quit effing with it. Eh? I'm bummed at that point, thinking what maybe what have I dropped in this beer, wild yeast or anything else. I'm brewing it for a radio show, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> So rubber stopper and all, here we are tasting the beer, and it turned out just fine. Doesn't so. taste like rubber to me. No, thankfully that nothing bad happened from that, but uh, I was a little worried there for a minute. Hadn't, hadn't had that happen before, so. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, the brew day went really well, and the beer turned out nicely. Thanks right. to Chuck for sharing all that he did with us to make this mm-hmm. beer. I think yeah, that man. actually helped a lot. Oh, yeah. It was oh, very, yeah. very forthcoming with the information. That was very cool. Yeah, I don't know that we could have done such a good job with without all that help from Chuck. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I just say the homebrew version of this, the recipe that Tasty gave out, bump up the bittering IBU at 90 minutes to, instead of about 25, maybe make that about 35 mm-hmm. IBU. Yeah. And, uh, Still some away from the flavors. I looked up the uh, Green Flash Breweries in Vista, and they have pretty hard water, actually, in North San Diego County. They have a hardness of at least uh, over 100 parts per million of calcium, and I was mm-hmm. adding up to about 50 parts per million of calcium. So mm-hmm. he's adding more on top of that, so... Mm-hmm. Homebrewers out there might want to keep that in mind if they're making this beer at home. Adjust the water accordingly. Mm-hmm. You can find the water report for that city and that county online pretty simply if you want to try and get close. I don't think that's a huge factor in this beer, but it's going to help the hops pop in the finish a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things about uh, bittering calculations, so uh, that's all they are is calculations. And, yep. and one of the things I always... Uh, go on about is you need to know you know your formulas and what what kind of result it gives you and uh so you always want to use the same formula i use the regular formula because i have so much experience with it i know what a given number tastes like in a in a beer so for example when we're doing the moose rule uh show i calculated out um you know there's a they I think it was 26 IBUs is the measured amount in a, in a moostrel, but to me, <coughs> sorry, to me, it tasted a lot more like um, 30 IBUs that I get with uh, the Rager formula, 30 a little a little bit around there. So I upped my my IBUs. Right. Well, it was the right thing to do because it was right. it was right on the money at that. Yeah. Point. The, these recipes, this recipe, like any recipe, uh, you got to you know. <clears throat> Uh, allow for your process. Like I, you know, I use lots of, um, all my hops go into hop sacks. So, I, uh, you know, I, I probably have, you know, not as good a utilization as a lot of people that just throw right. them right in there. So, yeah, you'll, lo- you'll you know, lose maybe 10% I don't know, necessarily add to it, sack. but I make sure that I, you know, I'm, I don't ever cut back on hops in my, in my process. And, right. and Chuck is calculating his beer out, the West Coast IPA, for about 92 or 93 IBUs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Kind of tough for homebrewers to get that much uh, dissolution of IBUs in, in their beers. So, if if homebrewers are calculating out this type of recipe at home and hitting 105, 110 IBUs, I don't think that's anything yeah, to be scared probably, of. You're right. probably going to hit the range well, that you want, especially when you get up to this high a, a number of IBUs. In a in a lower Absolutely. IBU beer, you can tell the difference, um, you know, between an IBU or two, and uh, between a couple of beers side by side. I know people say that you can't. The the common wisdom is it's five uh, IBUs for, before you can taste the difference. Right. That's nonsense. You can taste the difference, you know, uh, one IBU when it is in a in a smaller beer. Lighter beer. A light German um, lager or something. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, as, as the uh, amount of IBUs goes up, 
the the amount of difference you need uh, to taste a difference is is uh, you know amplified. So, Absolutely. Uh, we probably come up with a formula for it, but in this case, like you're saying, I think if you had 93 IBU or 105 IBU, they're going to be pretty close at this point. Different than and, 15 uh, to 20 in a light right, beer for exactly. sure. Exactly. So, uh, I think that's that's part of the difference. So. Uh, I think you did an excellent job on this. Thank you. It was fun doing it. That's a well-brewed beer. Thanks for inviting yeah. me, you guys. Very cool. And thanks for joining us. We got any uh, questions from the chat? We do. Uh, a lot of comments. People were stoked that you guys cloned it, by the way. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Very cool. Yeah. They were, we're wondering uh, if it would happen. I had my doubts, too. <laughs> I, I did, too. <laughs> me, too, actually. I, I never was, know how it's going to go. I, I'd never brewed a recipe quite like this and was wondering what would happen on the other side. But yeah. the gravity sample tasted good. That gave me a good feeling. And also, again, they were uh, giving kudos to Chuck Silva, the brewer, for being so forthcoming. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big part of this. For sure. I think Chuck uh, has not realized that uh, he'll probably have just as many pro brewers tuning into this program as he will home brewers <laughs> because of how forthcoming he was. All right, a couple questions. Um, one was some uh, uh, dry hopping clarifications. Length of time, temperatures, things like that. Temperature yes. on the, the homebrew version was at 64 degrees Fahrenheit. For seven days, all the hops you, that Tasty mentioned. You throw them in loose or... Threw them in loose, free-balling, as you like to say. Yes, yeah. That's the way to go for a dry <laughs> hopping. Commando. I firmly believe it. Yeah. Okay. And that's... Uh, pellet hops, not whole hops, uh, straight mm-hmm. in the carboy. Uh, the, the beer was not taken off the yeast first. It was left on the original yeast from fermentation. Okay. And the uh, dry hop is agitated every other day to help keep the hops in suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you agitate it? Just, just took the carboy and yelled at it. Shook it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yelled Called at it. Called it names. Asshole. <laughs> okay. Let Nicole kick it or something. I don't know. All right. Uh, and then with the yeast, uh, the question was if it's similar to uh, what Stone might use. And the, the person was asking because he's concerned about with that high fermentation temperature if it would cause issues with hotter alcohols. and. Uh, any there, there's any no, thoughts about those? There's no hot alcohols in this. Yeah, we didn't get not that. at all. Uh, um, 72 is not that high. I, well, and, and he started He started uh, cooler. Yeah. Probably pitched an appropriate amount That's of yeast right. for, for the batch. And uh, you, you don't taste any alcohol in this. That, it just sneaks up on you and that, hammers you later on. That pitching rate calculator on MrMulti.com. <laughs> it, it was two vials of White Labs 001 uh-huh. with a 1035 starter mm-hmm. on two liters of a stir plate for... About sixteen hours before the pitch. Yeah, so it, it's clean. There's no, there's no nothing in here. There's no esters, no alcohol, and and you know Stone doesn't use this yeast as, as far as we know. Yeah, so okay. They use a different yeast. All right, and then I have a last question with this temperature also. Since Tasty took a little bit of artistic freedom, I want to know your opinion, Jay Z. I know you're not a big fan of higher temperature fermentations in general. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of times when I talk to you, you're, you always surprise me with how low you ferment. What do you think about the 72 degrees on this beer? No, I think um, you know I wouldn't go straight to 72. And mm-hmm. uh, but the yeast, the yeast used in this one, the uh, um, WP001. Or you know, why use uh, ten fifty six? Um, I think uh, you can get away with a, a higher temperature with that, uh, not a problem. But uh, you know, starting out a little cooler and then letting it go up, I think that's absolutely the thing to do. Um, you know, the next show coming up is uh, Flossmore's Pullman Brown, and in that one, I also reached seventy two degrees. And oh, that you was did? with a uh, an English ale type uh, yeast. Hmm. So uh, you know, that right there. Um, you know, if you start cooler and then uh, you go on, a lot of a lot of the flavor that's developed is developed kind of early on. You know, how the yeast is treated early on mm-hmm. is going to determine what flavors you have uh, in the beer at the end. Okay, that's it from the chat. Thanks for joining us in there, guys. Great. So, uh, <laughs> what are you what are you pointing at? I think I can't uh, read your sloppy writing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No I just want to give a shout-out out to Tom for asking us to clone this beer. We, uh, yeah, thanks, Tom. We're lucky to have it, and uh, we're proud to report that we, uh, in fact, did clone the beer. Absolutely, and uh, much thanks to our great sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. They uh, uh, make this show possible, and uh, they uh, keep us going, keep this program going, keep the lights on. So if you get a chance, go to northernbrewer.com, uh, buy some goodies for them, maybe uh, the ingredients to brew this clone brew. And uh, you know, uh, have a have a good shot at it, and drink it, as John Plisse used to say. <laughs> I miss that that little boy, <laughs> chicken boy. Brew it and drink it. Yes. All right, drink it up. 
Yeah, if you're listening live, you come up on uh, the Flossmore Pullman Brown coming up next. If you're uh, listening in the archives, then uh, the next show coming up would be uh, Bruce Strong, alternate Mondays. And then uh, two weeks from today, you would get the uh, the Flossmore Pullman Brown. Listen live, buy stuff in the store, and Bruce Strong. <laughs>